At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Happy Friday, Scott Seidenberg here. The look ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. Week three is underway and we won our survivor pick. We got it out of the way on Thursday night. The Carolina Panthers against the Houston Texans playing against Davis Mills, the rookie quarterback on a short week, making his first career start with the way that the Panthers defense was playing. There was no doubt in my mind Carolina was going to win this football game. That was until Christian McCaffrey left the game early with a hamstring injury and Houston scored at the end of the first half, missed the extra point, and it was a 7-6 ball game. Was I nervous? Okay, maybe I wasn't nervous, but part of me was, like, frustrated. One, I gave out one of my best bets, which was Christian McCaffrey to have two touchdowns, and he left the game early. So I knew that that bet was out of the equation. But two, I just felt a little frustrated. Like, is this going to be a sweat? Like, is this going to be an unnecessary sweat where I'm really going to be worried that Davis Mills and the Texans are going to beat this Panthers team. Sam Darnold's going to do something that resembles what he looked like with the Jets, and I'm really going to get knocked out of my survivor pool on a Thursday night game because I took the road team that was an eight-point favorite. But thankfully, that didn't happen as the Carolina Panthers, uh, you know, dominate the second half. 24-9 to at your final score. As the Panthers defeated the Texans, they improved to 3-0 on the year. 3-0 against the spread now. And uh, they allow me to just sit here and relax on Sunday and watch other people sweat out their survivor picks because I've already advanced. Uh, Carolina does cover the first leg of my teaser. I did tease Carolina down to underneath a field goal, so I had the Panthers minus two, and I teased it with the Cleveland Browns at uh, a minus one. So I'm still waiting to see, obviously, what happens on Sunday. I hope that the Browns win, and that does uh, cover the teaser line. I think a lot of people had the Panthers in a teaser, but even if you didn't, they covered the line for you, so you didn't even have to worry about that. Uh, Panthers look good even without Christian McCaffrey, but a lot of it had to do with the defense and the inability of the Houston offense to get anything going. Davis Mills in his first start, 19 of 28 passing, 168 yards, and a touchdown. Davis Mills, uh, 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 there was a couple of fumbles um, for Davis Mills. There was one fumble that actually got called an incomplete pass, but it was a fumble. Uh, There was a fumbled snap as well uh, with Davis Mills, so they didn't really look pretty comfortable. And I don't think the the outcome of the game, especially in the second half, was ever in doubt. And actually wasn't in doubt early on. Uh, The Panthers went for it on a fourth down when I thought they should have taken a field goal early in the game and gone up 10-0. But instead, they did not. They went for it on fourth down. Chuba Hubbard got the run, and he didn't make the first down. So they turned the football over, and then Houston went on to later score a couple series after that. So it could have been a much different game if they convert that first down or if they take the points there and they don't go for it. But nevertheless, the 24-9 victory for the Panthers. Sam Darnold, 304 passing yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions, but he did rush 
for two touchdowns. So those are my two Christian McCaffrey touchdowns. And, and, and I'm going to claim victory here. Because I said there was going to be two rushing touchdowns. No. I thought McCaffrey was going to have a nice day, uh, especially receiving. He had seven carries for 31 yards before the injury. And uh, Darnold does get the two rushing touchdowns. DJ Moore with the big day, eight catches, 126 yards. For Houston, Brandon Cooks had nine catches and 112 yards. So the Panthers now improved to 3-0 and and 3-0 and against the spread. Looking ahead to their next game, It's going to be against the Dallas Cowboys. And right now, and we don't know the status of Christian McCaffrey, we also don't know the status of J.C. Horn, their phenomenal rookie cornerback who is playing really well to start the season. He left this game with an injury that looked bad at first because it was a non-contact injury, uh, but they're saying no determination just yet. He's going to have an MRI and see exactly what the injury is. But the Panthers are three-and-a-half-point underdogs next week against the Dallas Cowboys. If everyone's healthy, if J.C. Horn's playing, if Christian McCaffrey's playing, I like the Panthers in this spot. But no McCaffrey and no Horn does change things. Plus, we'll wait and see how Dallas plays on Monday night against the Philadelphia Eagles. But the Cowboys at home welcoming in the Panthers next week. Again, that spread is at three and a half. Uh, Week three will continue on Sunday. The Chicago Bears with Justin Fields at starting quarterback, will be seven-and-a-half-point underdogs against the Browns. This line could move. The Bears at seven-and-a-half are minus 115 right now, so it could move to seven. It's interesting because I have the Browns in a, a teaser spot. I do think they win this football game. I will have to admit that Justin Fields does elevate the Bears a little bit, but this is still a lopsided game when it comes to both teams. The Browns, I think, are better at the line of scrimmage. The Browns are better defensively. And I think the Browns' defensive front is going to get after Justin Fields, and the rookie is going to have a hard time here on Sunday. There is cause for concern with the Browns because Baker Mayfield's been dealing with an injury. Jarvis Landry is out, but Odell Beckham is expected to make his season debut on Sunday barring any setbacks. If Odell plays and he's anything close to what Odell is capable of being, then I think the Browns will be just fine in this game against the Bears. The Ravens are an eight-point favorite on the road against the Lions. This is another teaser piece. This is an attractive teaser game because you get the Ravens across the key numbers and you get them at under a field goal at minus two. Ravens should blow them out in this game. That's, you know, literally what should happen. They should blow out the Detroit Lions. Is there a little bit of a hangover effect because of what happened in that game uh, last week? The the exciting victory over the Kansas City Chiefs? Maybe, but I don't think that that's going to be the case. I think that this is a clear-cut blowout victory for the Baltimore Ravens. Um, The injury, according to uh, James Palmer, of the NFL Network for J.C. Horn, the cornerback for the Carolina Panthers, uh, is that he broke some bones in his foot. Uh, Matt Rule said that he doesn't believe it is a Lisfranc injury. And if it's a Lisfranc injury, we know those have tend to tend to linger for a while. Uh, but Matt Rule did say J.C. Horn broke multiple bones in his foot, doesn't believe it's a Lisfranc. This is actually a good sign because... 
when the injury first happened, it looked like it was an Achilles. And that means his season is done. If it's just a couple of fractured bones in his foot and it's not the list, Frank, he could be back this season, which would be huge for the uh, Carolina Panthers. But clearly with that, you know, it doesn't look like it's going to be uh, it's going to doesn't look like he's going to be playing next week against the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, J.C. Horn was backpedaling, fell down immediately, called to the sideline for assistance. And uh, again, non-contact injuries are just so scary in the NFL. But it's good that it's not an Achilles. It is just maybe a couple of fractures in his foot. Uh, You know, he'll be in a boot. They'll give him some treatment and uh, see what happens. And hopefully he's back sooner rather than later. Moving on uh, on the rest of the Sunday schedule, the Arizona Cardinals, seven and a half point favorites against the Jaguars. The Jaguars at plus seven and a half is minus 115. So this line could possibly move down to Jaguars plus seven. This is another game, like I feel with the Baltimore Ravens. The Cardinals should blow them out. And and yeah, I know it's kind of like why, you know, road favorites, road favorites, blah, 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 blah. No, don't worry about that. They're the better team. The Jaguars have shown you nothing this season that gives you confidence backing them, even at home. I don't think that it's not like Arizona's going to be bothered by the heat, right? <laughs> and, and and this is interesting. As Dave Tooley, our very own, tweeted out earlier, that road teams are 17 and 15 straight up this season in the NFL and 19 and 13 against the spread. So home field advantage doesn't seem to matter much because road teams are covering the spread at 59.4%. That's pretty darn good. Yes, underdogs still lead the way in the NFL, 21 and 12 against the spread. Underdogs are covering. But to me, I'm not worried about home road here. Uh, The Cardinals are just a better football team and should, should theoretically blow out the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, One of the games that I love on this board, I've circled it. As soon as it came out, I circled it. It's one that I'm going to play in the circuit contest, and I'll play it uh, individually as well. Chargers plus six and a half against the Kansas City Chiefs. This is the offense that can score with Kansas City. I do worry about the Chiefs coming off the loss to the Ravens, bounce back spot at home, but it's a divisional game. Divisional games are always tough. And it's against a team that can absolutely light up the scoreboard with them. Plus, the Kansas City Chiefs are on this historic run of not covering the line. 1-11-1 in their last 13 games against the spread. They've only covered one time in their last 13 games. Do I think the Chiefs win this game? Sure, I think the Chiefs win this game. Do I think the Chargers are live dogs? I absolutely think the Chargers are live dogs. Could the Chargers be included in a fun little money line underdog parlay? Why not? That's always fun. And uh, we will pick an, We will pick one of those today. We, we'll, we've done it every week in college football. We'll do it in the NFL too. We'll have fun with that. Maybe put the Chargers in there at plus 250. They'll be a live underdog. But I do think at plus six and a half, it's just a little bit too much. I'd love to get it to seven. Now at the circuit contest, it's at six and a half. That line is set. But in terms of waiting till kickoff on Sunday, Kansas City Chiefs right now are minus six and a half at minus 115. We can get this thing up to seven, and there are some sevens on the board at other places. That might be the way to go. 
I'm Scott Seidenberg. More Week 3 NFL breakdown coming up next. You are watching The Look Ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Scott Seidenberg back here with you, the look ahead on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network, as we continue to go through the week three Sunday slate in the NFL. And uh, we left off with the Chargers as being one of my plays as plus six and a half. Uh, I do like them uh, with this line. I like them in a teaser piece as well, pushing them up. Uh, I think they are live. They are a live dog. I think they have a chance to win the game outright. But as far as hanging with the Chiefs, scoring with them back and forth, and throwing the fact that the Chiefs have this bad run of against the spread luck, where they've only covered one time in their last thirteen games, uh, I think the Chargers are the right side of this football game at plus six and a half. Speaking of being on the right side, the New Orleans Saints have to travel for a third consecutive week now having to play against the New England Patriots. Um, The injury report for the Saints, uh, it looks a lot better than where it was. Okay, Marshawn Lattimore was a limited participant in practice, so that's a good sign for the New Orleans Saints. However, their center, uh, Eric McCoy, still has not practiced, so uh, don't know if he will make his return. He did not play last week against the Carolina Panthers, but The fact that Marshawn Lattimore was limited uh, does bode well for perhaps his chance to play here in this game. If he does play, it certainly uh, makes a difference with this Saints team. But I just think it's a bad spot for the New Orleans Saints. Um, You know, going uh, on the road for three straight weeks is it's just a lot in the NFL. And the Saints have been displaced. Um, they were practicing at TCU in the Dallas-Fort Worth area uh, because of Hurricane Ida. And the week one game that was supposed to be at home was moved to Jacksonville. So you travel from Dallas to Jacksonville for week one. And then you go Dallas to Carolina for week two. Now you got to travel to New England for week three. Uh, three straight road games, uh, to me, is not good for this team. And... Uh, I just think that the Patriots are actually a better football team. And I think the Patriots win this football game. I got it at under I got it under a field goal, two and a half. It's now at three. Uh, and the Saints at plus three is actually minus 115. So we'll see if that line moves again. But I think the Patriots win this football game. And uh, it could be close, you know, but Mac Jones has looked really good so far in his early NFL career. Patriots defense has played the ball, play, played really well. And as good as the Saints looked in week one against the Green Bay Packers, they looked that poorly against the Carolina Panthers in week two. Panthers do a lot of similar things to the Patriots defensively, and I think that Bill Belichick is going to have uh, his his sights set on Jameis Winston this week and having some sort of scheme for this game. I think the Patriots win this one against the New Orleans Saints. I'll lay the field goal. I got it at two and a half in the circuit contest. I feel good about that. And yeah, bad spot for the Saints having to travel three straight weeks. Speaking of being a bad spot, the Indianapolis Colts are in a bad spot. First off, 
no one knows what the situation is with Carson Wentz. He still hasn't practiced, which you could assume that he's not going to play in this game against the Indianapolis Colts. He hasn't practiced. It's probably going to mean that Jacob Eason is the starting quarterback um, unless something changes. And on Friday, Carson Wentz practices. But I don't think he 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 is, still has a chance. He hasn't been ruled out. Frank Reich historically wants his guys to get some sort of uh, practice time during the week. But right now, uh, he has not practiced. Xavier Rhodes, their star cornerback, he didn't practice on Wednesday, but he was a limited participant in practice on Thursday. So that means that there might be a chance that he could play, he could play coming up here on Sunday. If he plays, it changes everything for this Colts defense. Um, but if not, they're going to be without Darius Leonard. They're going to be without Xavier Rhodes. Uh, if they're without Carson Wentz, then it's it's going to be another disaster for this Colts team going to Tennessee to face the Titans. Don't have your top defenders going up against Derrick Henry, Julio Jones, and the rest of that offense. Not going to be not going to be good. Colts uh, are five and a half. That line has stayed at five and a half. The Washington line against Buffalo just continues to move uh, down to seven now. The Bills are a seven-point favorite against Washington. It is minus 115. It was seven and a half. This thing was eight, eight and a half as well. Uh, but now it is down to seven. And uh, I don't know. I think Washington is capable of covering in this game. Buffalo, it's not like they looked that great in their 35 nothing win over the uh, Miami Dolphins last week. It's not like Josh Allen played that great of a game. They got it done defensively. They they just dominated that game defensively. But Josh Allen in that performance was 17 of 33 passing for only 179 yards, two touchdowns, and an interception. Now, Devin Singletary ran the ball well. He had that long 46-yard run. But the defense really played well. They picked off Jacoby Brissett. Uh, they were after the quarterback all day. Obviously, Tua got knocked out of the game with the broken ribs. Um, and uh, 35 nothing. It was a dominating performance by the Bills team, but not so much the uh, Josh Allen. So against Washington, which has a much better defense than Miami, what can this Buffalo Bills team do? Remember, week one against the Steelers who have a very good defense, a very good defensive front. The Bills lost that game. They had a 10-0 lead, and in the second half, they couldn't do anything. Huge special teams play where the Steelers blocked the punt, and they won that game outright. That Steelers front, you know, this Washington front is more similar to that Steelers front as opposed to what they saw last week in Miami. So maybe Washington defensively can give Josh Allen and his team fits, but the Bills should win this game, and they should win this game handily. Uh, the Falcons and the Giants. Giants are minus three points at home against the Atlanta Falcons. The Falcons uh, have looked just atrocious to start the season. They've been as bad as you can be to start an NFL season. The Giants, meanwhile, you could make the argument that they should have won against Washington. Uh, They didn't play that 
poorly. Daniel Jones was 22 of 32, passing 249 yards and a touchdown. He also had a big day running the ball. That was because of the long 46-yard run. But Saquon Barkley still hasn't done much. Uh, Giants lose their starting left guard, who suffered a gruesome broken leg in that game against Washington. So now they're going to have a little bit of shuffling on the offensive line. You can make the argument that the Falcons, playing with a little bit of desperation in this game, they played well in the first half somewhat against the uh, the the, the Bucs and, and even into the third quarter before the game got out of hand. Matt Ryan threw three interceptions to the Tampa Bay Bucks. Two of them were returned for touchdowns. So that game could have been a little bit closer. Matt Ryan, 35 of 46 passing. So he threw 46 passes in that game. The Giants secondary can be had. And so if you're the Falcons, maybe you just come out here, spread things out, and just start throwing the ball all over the field and seeing if you can get past this Giants secondary. And then if you put up some numbers and you have the Giants playing behind the eight ball, that might be your way to win this game, not just cover it, win this one outright. I'm telling you right now, uh, there's for handicaps aside, this is just a feeling that I have. Knowing the Giants as well as I do, I'm not a Giants fan but I've covered the Giants for many, many years. This is the type of game that they would lose. A game that they are favored in against a team that is underperforming. A game that they should win. This is the type of game that they lose. And then everybody's going to start to question whether Daniel Jones is the right guy, whether Saquon Barkley is going to be here after his rookie contract expires, whether Joe Judge was the right decision to be the head coach of this football team. Uh, fans are going to start to turn on them. Sports radio is going to be a, a mess when it comes to the Sunday night. But this is the type of game that the Giants would lose. They can erase all of these negative feelings if they just win this football game, which they should. Uh, Bengals and Steelers, uh, Steelers minus three. Don't know the status of Ben Roethlisberger. He did participate in practice in a limited capacity on Thursday. He did throw the ball at practice, which is big because he has been dealing with pain in that pectoral muscle when he throws the football. The thing that concerns me about this Steelers team is their offense has been putrid. Defensively, they've been okay. And if T.J. Watt is healthy enough to play in this game, he's also been banged up. If he plays in this game, certainly their defense is capable of getting after Joe Burrow and forcing Joe Burrow into the same mistakes that he made last week against the Chicago Bears. So the Steelers can win this game if Ben plays and he's okay, if T.J. Watt plays and he's okay, and uh, if their offense finally gets something going. Uh, Jets and Broncos, I can't find myself backing the Jets at 10 and a half. And uh, I can't lay the 10.5 with the Broncos either. I think that's just a stay-away game. Uh, We'll continue to break down this slate as well as the college football picks for Saturday coming up next. Uh, Lots to get into uh, when it comes to the football weekend. Then, of course, we'll uh, give you some Major League Baseball plays for Friday as well. I'm Scott Seidenberg. You can follow me on Twitter at ScottsOnAir. It's The Look Ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. This is This is the look ahead on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. Mick 
this football season your best sports betting season ever. Start your VEASAN free trial today to get full access to our sports betting experts, including 24-7 video streaming, daily best bet emails, betting splits with the money and ticket percentages on every game, plus full access to VEASAN.com data and analysis. You get everything VEASAN has to offer for only $22 per month. Sign up now at VEASAN.com slash subscribe. Scott Seidenberg here with you. The look ahead on VEASAN, the sports betting network, as we continue our breakdown of the entire week three Sunday slate. We left off talking about the Jets and the Broncos. And uh, again, I think I'm staying away here. Uh, I, the Broncos have started the season 2-0. and They've looked great. The Jets have looked awful. Uh, 10.5 is such a high line. Could tease them down, but you're not getting it at the spot that you want. When you tease, you want to really get across seven and across three. So if you think the Broncos are going to win this one more than a touchdown, then yes, you can get them lower than a touchdown, but you're not getting them lower than a field goal. I usually like to get a spread lower than a field goal. Like, like for instance, the the Ravens are minus eight. I tease them down to minus two. So I get them underneath a field goal as opposed to underneath a touchdown. That's the way I like to lean there. Uh, 10.5 really doesn't do much uh, for me. Uh, Broncos should win this game. Jets uh, are a little bit of an enigma. They have not played well to start the season. Uh, Zach Wilson was terrible against the New England Patriots last week with the four interceptions, zero touchdowns. Um, I expect him to be a little more careful with the football here against the Denver Broncos. This could be a low-scoring game, could be a boring football game, and uh, we'll see if the Broncos can score enough points to win by double digits. The Dolphins and the Raiders are a very intriguing game because I think a lot of people are on different sides. I personally like the Raiders, but maybe I am just falling into a public trap here because it seems like everybody loves the Raiders. Raiders are 2-0, and uh, Derek Carr playing arguably better than anybody at the quarterback position right now, not named Tom Brady. The defense, according to Pro Football Focus, the top-rated pass rush right now in the NFL, and the Dolphins are going to be playing with Jacoby Brissett, not Tua, at the quarterback position. So everything would point to having the Raiders be the right side here. But then there's the arguments, and I've talked to, to you know James Alberino earlier about it on on the program, that, you know, uh, this look-ahead line was Dolphins minus one. And and now, after two weeks of the season and with an injury to Tua, it's now Raiders minus four and a half. Like, how, how much do you downgrade the Dolphins with Jacoby Brissett at quarterback as opposed to Tua Tungavailoa? You downgrade them a little bit, but Jacoby Brissett has proved that he can be a legit quarterback in this league. It's not like you're going from Tua to a guy like Davis Mills, who completely was overwhelmed here in his first start against a talented defense in the Carolina Panthers. You're not going to uh, another rookie or anybody like that. You're going to a veteran who has played in this league and has started in this league before. And Brissett has you know, looked good in some games with the Indianapolis Colts over the past couple of years. So does Brissett now come in and lead his team to a, a victory on the road here against the Raiders or at least cover? I think the Raiders are going to be playing with a lot of um, a lot of emotion, a lot of expectation, but it's also an unfamiliar role. It's one thing to be the hunter. It's another thing to be the hunted. Raiders were underdogs in their first two games, and uh, they played with spirit, and they won outright in both games, defeating the Ravens in a big-time spot, Monday Night Football, 
in overtime and then defeating the Steelers on the road in a, a spot where it was dangerous. Had to go travel across the country and play an early game on a short week. And this time they're home. Dolphins are traveling cross country and uh, unfamiliar spot for them being favorites, but they should win this game. The Raiders right now are a better football team than the Miami Dolphins. The Bucks and Rams going to be the game of the day, potentially the NFC championship game preview between the two top teams in the NFC. Bucks, they started out this line as plus one and a half. It is now moved to Bucks minus one and a half. And it hasn't moved off since, which is very interesting. As much as people are betting the Bucks, as much money and all the tickets are coming in on the Bucks, it hasn't moved off that one and a half. And I think if it does move off that one and a half, you're going to get buyback on the on the LA Rams. The Rams might be the right side of this game, uh, catching points at home. Uh, and one and a half is such a, a low line, but this this to me could be a shootout. This is going to be a great game. This is going to come down to whichever quarterback has the football last. And uh, both defenses are phenomenal. They both get after the quarterback. They both cause turnovers. So to me, I think it's it's Rams or bust. And the only reason why I say that is because, you know, everyone is all on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and this would be a contrarian play going here on the L.A. Rams taking the points at home. It's only one and a half, though, although I do like the Rams in a teaser spot. Because of the one and a half, you can tease them up six points and get them north of a touchdown, which is a very good spot here. If you're giving me the Rams at home now as seven and a half point dogs, I would take that line. So the Rams actually might be the teaser spot, getting them at north of a touchdown. The Vikings, plus one and a half at home against the Seahawks. Last week, we had the Vikings as one of our plays. They covered for us. They should have won the game outright, but they missed the field goal at the end. Mike Zimmer improves to 31-15 and against the spread after a straight-up loss. Well, they lost again last week, so can he improve to 32-15 and against the spread? After a straight-up loss. The Seahawks, very interesting case study. Uh, they had that game won against the Titans and let it slip away. Instead of starting the year 2-0, and they are now 1-1. and This is a desperation spot, though, for the Vikings. They played the first two games on the road. They lost. Now they come home for their home opener with fans in that stadium and a must-win spot. You do not want to fall to 0-3. Even though it's a 17-game schedule and you do have more room to kind of make up some ground, but in that division, you don't want to fall to 0-3. Uh, speaking of that division, the Packers, three-point dogs against the 49ers. Uh, I like the Packers, but uh, I might stay away from this game. Uh, the Packers, they opened up at four. It is now down to three. Uh, their performance on Monday night was certainly one that it makes you feel better about them. They handled their business at home against the Detroit Lions. Now they have to go on the road and take on a talented 49ers team. But the only reason why I have some hesitancy with the 49ers is because even though they're 2-0, and they didn't really look great in both of their wins. They Their defense allowed the Lions to come back against them late in that game. That should have been a blowout victory instead of an eight-point victory. They allowed the Lions to come back, and that has to make you nervous about their defense. And then in the game against the Eagles, it was really a lethargic effort. It didn't really it wasn't a dominating performance. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo was 22 of 30 passing for 189 yards 
and a touchdown. Uh, the running back room has been decimated by injuries. Um, they have some injuries on defense as well. Eagles, you can make the argument, should have won that game. And so now you have a 49ers team that's going up here against Aaron Rodgers and uh, laying, if they lay north of a field goal, I'll take the Packers. But right now it is, it is at three, so that is worth watching. And then Monday Night Football will wrap up the week with the uh, Cowboys three-and-a-half-point favorites over the Eagles. Total in that one is 52-and-a-half. Maybe that's the game that looks more like the games that we should have seen last week because last week I had both overs. I had the over in the in the um, Cowboys game against the Chargers, and it didn't go over. And I had the over in the Eagles game against the 49ers, and both of those games were low scoring. Maybe this game is the game that's going to look like what it should look like and be a shootout between these two division rivals. Total is 52 and a half. I absolutely lean the over in this game. As far as the betting splits are concerned, and you can get this at vsin.com. Just subscribe to get access to the betting splits, all that stuff. Uh, the over in that game is receiving 72% of the handle, 61% of the bets. If you're looking at the highest percentage for a bet this coming Sunday or Monday, the highest percentage of bets, meaning the highest percentage of actual tickets, according to DraftKings, is on the Arizona Cardinals at minus 7.5. 94% of the bets are on the Arizona Cardinals. They are also the highest percentage of money, with 96% of the money on the Cardinals at minus 7.5. If you're looking for the highest uh, total, whether it's an over or an under, 84% of the bets, or excuse me, of the tickets are on the over in the Packers 49ers game that is at 50 and a half. The highest money percentage on a total this week would be the 80% on the under 48 between the Colts and the Titans. So those are your top betting splits in terms of percentage of money and percentage of tickets. Coming up next, we will give you the official uh, college football plays for this weekend. We already told you about one on Friday night. I'll tell you about the second one coming up on Saturday, the official Major League Baseball picks for Friday as well. I'm Scott Seidenberg. You can follow me on Twitter at Scott's On Air. This is The Look Ahead here on VEASAN, the sports betting network. Follow all of us here on VEASAN at VEASAN Live. And be sure to go to VEASAN.com to find out all the new ways that you can watch and listen to VEASAN. VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit vsin.com to check the current betting splits data. This new feature gives you insights on where the money and bets are moving for every game. You'll be able to see where the public is betting based on the number of tickets and where the money doesn't match the public opinion. Data is available for money line, over, under, and against the spread bets. Betting splits are another way VSIN is here to make you a smarter, better year round. Check out today's betting splits for every game at vsin.com. Scott Seidenberg back here with you. The look ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. Gave you a college football pick for Friday. 
with the uh, Liberty game minus six. It's actually up to six and a half now over Syracuse, and there are some sevens uh, on the board, but I got it in at six. I'm happy I got it in at six. I think Liberty cruises to a double-digit win. I have a play on a game Saturday night. Uh, I'm going to go with another road favorite, which is very rare for me because I don't usually do things like this. I am an underdog better at heart, especially when it comes to college football. If you look at my record this season, I have eight wins, two losses, and one push. And uh, the one push was the only favorite that I bet so far this season. Out of my eight wins, seven of them were underdogs catching points. And six of those seven underdog wins actually won their games outright. Uh, The biggest one being Fresno State at plus 11, winning the game outright against UCLA. But I'm going with two road favorites this week. I went with Liberty on Friday night, and on Saturday, I'm going with Kentucky as a road favorite against South Carolina. The line is down to Kentucky minus four and a half. Now, why do I like this game so much? I understand that some people might think situational spot, South Carolina at home, under the lights, raucous crowd, sandstorm's going to be playing, everyone's going to get hyped up, Luke Doty returns now as the starting quarterback. There are reasons to like South Carolina in this game. But the more you analyze it, or the more I analyze it, I just think it's a mismatch of football teams going in two different directions. Kentucky is a better football team than South Carolina. Kentucky has a chance to be the second-placed finisher in the SEC East standings behind Georgia. They have a chance to win this game, put themselves into the top 25, and set up a top 25 matchup at home against Florida next week. The the, The win against Chattanooga last week, which was as sloppy as they come, terrible turnovers, that, in my opinion, is going to serve as a wake-up call. It's an opportunity for Mark Stoops to get his team refocused and to make sure that they come out here in a tough conference game against an uh, under-appreciated opponent and don't underestimate them. Don't think that just because you're better than them, you're going to roll over them. Treat them with the same respect as you would treat Georgia coming into, you know, going into Georgia or Georgia coming into your building, whatever. So I think that this is a team, in my opinion, that has the coaching edge in Mark Stoops versus first-year coach Shane Beamer. I think they have the advantage on the lines, both offensive and defensive. I think they have the quarterback advantage. The running backs are probably comparable, but I think all the advantages go to Kentucky, and uh, I think Kentucky has themselves a nice day on the road here at South Carolina. You know, South Carolina allowed Georgia to pass for 307 yards last week, and you want to say, okay, it's Georgia? Yeah, sure. But Kentucky comes into the game averaging 284 yards through the air. So if they can you know, continue to do what they do, they're also averaging 200 yards per game on the ground, thanks to Chris Rodriguez, who has 6.4 yards average per carry. Uh, I think they'll be able to score on this uh, South Carolina defense. And I think defensively, Kentucky will step up and limit this South Carolina offense. So I can see where people think it's a nice spot. But I'm going with the better football team here, and I think Kentucky wins this game, and they win the game by at least a touchdown. So the four and a half, to me, doesn't even matter. Uh, Kentucky's going to win this game by at least seven. 
There are a couple other spots that I like on the board. I think Oklahoma blows out West Virginia. They're 17-point favorites at home against West Virginia. Uh, let's see. Uh, a lot of people, especially uh, here at VSIN, our very own Tim Murray, is on Western Kentucky plus nine against Indiana. Uh, I'm going to stay away from that game. Uh, a couple other spots that I looked at. USC is dealing with an interesting quarterback situation because um, you know Keaton Slovis got knocked out of their game against Washington State last week, and Jackson Dart comes in, and dude balled out, right? He threw for 391 yards and four touchdowns, and there are some people around the program that feel that, hey, this is now the opportunity to let Jackson Dart play and to bench Keaton Slovis. But three-year starter, Keaton Slovis, who was a Heisman candidate to start the season, He's back under center coming up here on Saturday as Jackson Dart is going to, he had surgery to repair a uh, meniscus injury. He is going to be out indefinitely. So Keaton Slovis gets his job back and uh, maybe this is now a wake-up call for Slovis to pick things up and to uh, get back to the form that he was playing at coming into this season, the the form that made him a Heisman candidate coming into the year. USC is 11-point favorites against Oregon State. We saw the way they rallied around the interim coach Deontay Johnson last week with a a big-time victory, or excuse me, Dante Williams, uh, big-time victory for them against Washington State. They're better than Oregon State, and this just has the feel of, of a team in USC that is going to keep rallying around their interim head coach and maybe give... Uh, you know, the, the, the athletic director bone there, some some cause for hesitation and thinking about who should get this job there uh, because Dante Williams is certainly going to have these kids playing hard for him. So USC is an 11-point favorite at home, and I expect them to handle their business at the Coliseum. Uh, North Carolina, a 12-and-a-half-point favorite at Georgia Tech. They're just better than Georgia Tech. They should win that game easily. Um, other places to look here, Michigan State minus five against Nebraska, Sparty finding themselves in the top 25. They are now a favorite. They were underdogs uh, in in the two big games this year for them. Uh, You know, last week against Miami, handling their business, uh, winning outright as an underdog. I think that they um, will handle their business again against Nebraska, winning that football game. UCLA minus five on the road against Stanford. I think it's an opportunity for UCLA to pick themselves up off the deck, wash off the stink of that performance against uh, Fresno State and get themselves back on track because the Pac-12 South is still in front of them if they handle their business, and I think they do on the road against Stanford. Uh, And then elsewhere, Clemson is minus 10 on the road against North Carolina State. Clemson looked bad last week, but this could be a spot for them to bounce back and get back into form and uh, take out some frustrations on North Carolina State. So uh, that's a road shock there. Um, as far as like underdogs that I like, you know, I am leaning Notre Dame in that game plus the six and a half points. Um, SMU is a nine and a half point dog against TCU. If that line gets north of 10, I kind of like SMU to keep it close. Uh, Tanner Mordecai is playing really well at the quarterback position. Uh, that game is a total of 65. I can see it going over because I think TCU can score as well. And we know SMU can light up the scoreboard. And, and that's really it as far as the college football is concerned. Um, and, and yeah, Wake Forest on Friday night is a game as well that I do like them plus the points. Uh, that is a lean for me. Uh, let's go with the official plays, though. The official two plays that were written up on vcin.com. Liberty minus six points. It is now six and a half. 
So Liberty minus six and a half if you want to take that. And Kentucky minus the uh, five points. It's minus four and a half. So two road uh, favorites for me, which is very unlike me, but I'm going to go with it this week. Hey, coming up later this morning on Follow the Money, Brad Powers, college football analyst, will join the program at 8 a.m. Stanford Steve from ESPN uh, at 9.30 Eastern time will join Follow the Money coming up this morning. Major League Baseball, the plays that are going to be for Friday, it's going to be the Yankees in the first five innings at minus 120. Look, I get Garrett Cole on the hill, and it's only minus 120. You would think that that spread would be a lot higher than that, but it's a Red Sox team that comes into the game red hot. They've won seven straight games. The Yankees have won three straight games. Uh, Red Sox have won eight out of 10. Yankees have won seven out of 10. And to me, this is just a a big-time spot for Garrett Cole, Uh, who had an atrocious start his last time out. I don't expect him to have back-to-back poor outings. I expect him to come out here and to re-solidify himself as the Cy Young winner in the American League. And he can do that with a good performance against a tough Boston Red Sox team. As far as a little money line parlay, if we want to have some fun here for your Friday, uh, I I think I'm going to go back to the well with the Phillies. The Phillies uh, did well for me the past couple of days winning. Their playoff lives are on the line. They are two games back of the Atlanta Braves in the NL East. So I think the Phillies keep it rolling here. um, And I will back them against the Pittsburgh Pirates. And then elsewhere, I think uh, you got, let's see, the Blue Jays against the Twins. Jose Barrios on the hill pitching against his former team. Blue Jays minus 160 would be a piece that I would put in there. You could parlay it with the Dodgers. They are a heavy run line favorite against the Diamondbacks as the Dodgers trail the Giants by just one game in the NL West. So plenty of fun Major League Baseball games coming up here on Friday and throughout the weekend as uh, we're into the final week of the regular season with the postseason right around the corner. But it is a football Friday. We get ready for college football on tonight and Saturday and the NFL the rest of the slate on Sunday. You can follow me on Twitter at Scott's On Air where the picks will be released. This is The Look Ahead here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. 